All right. What's up, everybody? This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. I am your host, Sean Dustin. Today, we have a great guest for you. She is the host of the Can A Mom Show. And I met her in one of the clubhouse rooms that I'm a part of, an empowered podcasting club in Clubhouse, which I frequent a lot. And, you know, they have a lot of different rooms in there. And one of them was a pod tank. So it's like find a guest, be a guest, almost like the shark tank thing, which is pretty cool. It's a fun group of folks. So if you're a podcaster or you're into podcasting or maybe you're even thinking about starting a podcast, why don't you head on over to the Empowered Podcasting Club over in Clubhouse and you can enjoy every morning at 7 what is it i think it's 7 a.m eastern time because i catch it at 4 a.m so 7 a.m eastern time you can find that over there and uh, enjoy it i do i spend a lot of time there today i'm going to give a mention out for a product called magic mind liam over at magic mind reached out to me and asked if i wanted to try out the product and it's a productivity shot as you can see right here maybe you Not really. So anyways, yeah, check out Magic Mind. I've been doing it for three days. They've got a really great product there. So thank you, Magic Mind. And you can go down to the scroll across down there for the magicmind.co and use coupon code UP20 for your discount today. So thank you. All right, let's get to it. Let's do the intro. It's a little bit different. I've changed it a little bit i'm not doing the one where it just blacks out i'm doing the other one but let me make sure i take it off of loop which i didn't do last time and i'm trying it it, it busted out and i tried to come in and talk and it went again (laughs) so gotta love tech all right we'll be right back sean dustin spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud Upon release in 2006, he had nothing but the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and legal paperwork. In 2010, he kicked a long-time methamphetamine habit and started the long climb back up the ladder of life. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. If you want transparency and authenticity, you're in the right place. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and this is Sean Dustin. got to shorten that up. How's it going there, Joyce? So I think my mic wasn't working before. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you fine. You're good. Technology is not working. I don't know what's going on. So I'm just going to talk to you like a regular person, not like a podcaster. (laughs) All right. Well, it sounds fine to me. You sound great. So Joyce uh, Gerber, she is the host of Canem, the Canem Mom Show. You're also an attorney, an advocate, an activist in the cannabis space. And the reason why I had you on is, like I said, I met you in the clubhouse room and we shared some synergies there with a guest we had in common, Jolene oh, Rivera. Huh? Rivera. <laughs> I pulled it out. Right. <laughs> and she's working in the cannabis space as a she cooks with cannabis and she also has the the honey 
Red Belly Honey, I believe is what it's called. God, yeah, I can recall. My recall is doing all right. Pulling it out there. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, she was a, a great guest. She had a lot to, to offer the listeners about, you know, what she's doing and the interesting way that she's infused cannabis into honey through. The bees a, are doing the work. Yeah, the bees are doing all the work and that's crazy. That's amazing. So yeah, yeah if you guys haven't to check that out in my episodes, go to hit that one. I'll, I'll link it probably yeah. in the, if I get and it And she was an early supporter of the Cannamom show. So we do appreciate Jolene. All right, Jolene. Woo, woo. <laughs> all right, so we're here to talk about your story, though. About me. Uh, all about me. Yeah, all about you. And I'd like to know more about that because you are, with your podcast, you highlight women in the cannabis space and what they're doing and promoting their involvement and inclusive in inclusion into the space. Right. And there's a whole lot of where we can go there. But how did you get into it? And you're a attorney as well, so that's got to... Yeah, I'm actually wearing my... Like, my... Future is female from my, I think it's, you can, can you see the back? Northeastern law. Ah, there you go. So yeah, I, uh, I am a, a lawyer by training. I did not know much about cannabis. I thought it was bad for you and killed brain cells. I grew up in that era. And I had a cannabis awakening, I called in 2016 when my husband and I went to Colorado and we did a private tour and I realized that everything I knew about cannabis was wrong. And I live in Massachusetts. And, you know, I've been a, I'm a mom, I've been, I'm an attorney, I've been one of those moms who've been in all the world of monetized work for years. But in 2016, I was actually back at work. We had this cannabis awakening. Our kids were teenagers. The family joke is I came home and said, kids, everything I know about cannabis is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then 2016, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, we voted for adult use cannabis, the first in New England. And at the end of that year, a contract position I was working on ended. And then the truth is I was really just having a hard time getting a job in 2017 because I had been a mom mm -hmm. who took time off periodically from the world of monetized work to care for my children because I know this is news, but children don't raise themselves and someone has to do it. <laughs> and my yeah. husband. Latchkey kid thing is not a good thing. Yeah. yeah so. Well, I was just one of those. Anyway, so 2017, I was just, my resume looked crazy. I am an attorney. I used to practice family law. I took time off. I've also been the PTA mom and worked at the library. And, you know, all those things that you do that aren't monetized don't count in the world of real world. And I was just having a hard time getting a job. I could see in 2017 that a lot of the law firms were starting to set up cannabis law divisions, which was new. You know, when do you ever get to be part of something new? So I was talking to somebody about this and I, you know, you just need one person to say it's okay. And I'm like, what do you think of cannabis law? And they were like, that's a great idea. So that was the initial leap. And when my husband hears me talk, cause I'm not doing law, he's like, you could have been a cannabis lawyer. That would have been much more That would have been a more solvent all in the path. <laughs> but I, so, you know, I spent 2017, 2018 really learning about the plant, you know, and learning about the endocannabinoid system and some of the history and just things I really didn't know about it. And I, in 2018, I met a man who was starting a media company, a podcast media company, and he had a podcast about cannabis and he hired me to be his executive producer. And so that is what I literally did for a year. And that's pretty much how I learned that the industry wasn't just a bunch of dudes on their couch eating Cheetos. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could see across the board. It touched everything from cosmetics 
to criminal justice. I had a, I knew someone running for district attorney out here in Massachusetts who was willing to come on the show and talk about cannabis in not a crazy way, which is like, if you know anything about district attorneys, you know that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so that's 2017, 2018, 2019. I'm in the studio with a friend of mine, and we're literally just talking about how you talk to your kids in this new era. My kids were older teenagers at that point. Her kids were younger. The guys in the studio weren't so sure it'd be any interesting. The woman I was talking to was like a little afraid to be connected to cannabis because it was still a little uncomfortable. And I'm like, I'll do it. <laughs> and they were going to call me the cannamom, which I am. I'm more of a cannamom now. Mm-hmm. But the truth is the cannamoms are always meaning every day of these women who are taking real risks because they're using cannabis for their health or they're using cannabis for their children. And it's really like it. it it's not a joke. So mm-hmm. I call it the cannamom show like the daily show, like an interview show. And then once I started talking to people about cannabis, like being open about it, everybody had a can of story. And that's, that's how it started in 2018. Yeah. It's amazing how many people, when you give them permission and it's okay and they feel safe, really it's what it comes down to feeling safe enough to, to say that, yes, I use this too. And it's, and it's helped me. You know, it's actually helped me. It's helped me get off of opiates. It helped me get off of whatever. These stories, yeah, these stories I keep hearing. I was actually just on a call with a federal, talking about this at a federal level. And one of the issues is real research, like real, true, honest research to figure out how is it being absorbed? What kind of proteins are letting it to like not be absorbed in the liver? Because that's a big issue with it being metabolized in the liver with other medications. This is, you know, this is something they need to be studying now because it can actually increase other, it can make more problems where you know, a lot of people are getting off these other medications because of the cannabis, mm-hmm. which that might be part of the issue because of the liver, or it might be something else. So they're talking about this now and like, how do you protect it as a pill and create a protein around it? So it gets absorbed into your bloodstream and literally goes to where it goes and it's more effective. I mean, these are so many exciting things that could be happening, but we're still in this era where people are afraid of it and it's still illegal federally. So yeah, that's kind of where we are. And, and so, and so if the federal government isn't, doing research on it like they should be right because of its of its status as a so it's a schedule one drug at this point basically saying it has no medicinal benefit at all which we all know is not true you know there's a question of do you make it a lower schedule do you completely deschedule it and make it more like a nutrient and then kind of work backwards you know but again there's just a lot to know about this (laughs) well it's a commodity I mean, literally, literally it's, it has more uses than, than corn does. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, hemp is bigger than cannabis. I mean, mm-hmm. hemp is cannabis, but when people, when I talk about cannabis, everyone thinks I'm talking about smoking or edibles or, but the entire industry could change the entire economy and heal the world, which is pretty powerful, but we're not there yet. Well, back in the day, I think during one of the wars, people were required to, to grow hemp. Our constitution was written on hemp. Everyone was required to grow hemp. It was just part of the, it was just a normal, natural part of 10,000 years of history. And for a hundred years, this plant, it's a plant, was taken out of circulation, basically from feed to whatever else it used to be used for because of plastics and oil. I mean, that's kind of like the simplicity Mm -hmm. of it, but that's kind of where we are. And this plant can be brought back to replace all those things because the oil-based industry is killing us. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a heavy need for it in pharmaceuticals. I mean, what do you think they do? And I work in refineries. You know, my my industry is you know I I I'm I, part of what we do is is industrial and it's in refineries. Okay. And 
I mean, all of that stuff, right? I mean, they, they refine it all the way down, but the byproducts of petroleum go into everything from bicycle tires to I wouldn't I would imagine even plastics for kid bottles and you know you name it even even the stuff that you put into your into your vaccines have yeah. petroleum products in them the PEG what do you think that is that's a that's a petroleum based product and so you know we're based on petroleum it served us well to a certain point but now we obviously need to shift into something else and it's here hemp exists it's right here you know I hear from the when I talk to women in the industry, but, you know, I talk to growers and farmers, and one of the big issues is farmers would like to grow this, but we don't have an infrastructure in this country yet to build the product, you know, the product line yet. Mm -hmm. And again, this is bigger than me talking about cannabis in my daughter's bedroom, but this is such potential. And this idea that America, this could be American grown, helping us, changing our economy, giving us new jobs, doing all the things we need to do, but we're sort of stuck in this space, you know, where it's illegal federally. The farm bill has hemp, but then there are issues with CBD, and we can make a lot of money off of this. America, making money used to be our jam, so, you know, maybe we still need to blow the whole thing up and start over again, because <laughs> the state-by-state state is making it actually more complicated, I think. Well, that and the fact that, that it, it must have to be brought to you by Pfizer. <laughs> you know, we can't forget about those folks. <laughs> they are in the way of everything. So, so but that's but a whole, that's a whole nother... Pharmaceutical industry, you know, they've created a lot of great things. They've also created a lot of problems, and they know that this is so. Sort of, this could be the next wave. I mean, they're starting to get into it. And the truth is, if we want to scale up and make this real medicine, if we want to talk about this, it has to be more stable. It has to be more consistent, and we have to make sure that it's getting delivered properly. Which is why it's so exciting to hear scientists talking about delivery systems for CBD and CBN and bypassing the liver and trying to figure out how it actually works instead of just all of us out there being like. We think this is how it works. We talk about it a lot, but we don't have any data yet. But you want to know what you do, though. So since you have data, but since, we don't since, have the kind of data that FDA will listen to, which is frustrating. I mean, that's the frustrating part. Well, the the research is all of the documentaries that are out there that are that are documenting these, like Weed the People. That's a oh, yeah. that's an incredible movie where it documents. I mean, you cannot argue that. I mean, what are they lying? Like, come on, no. man. You, you can't argue it. So that is the research right now. You know, that's. And there's, a lot of, and there's a lot of research over the years. They've always tried to prove how terrible it is. That That's where the research has always been with the assumption that it's terrible looking for the terrible things, which I can't find. And, you know, now we're on the other side of this. And I just think the women who are talking about this are really brave and inspiring. And they're changing hearts and minds because they're doing whatever they're doing at their level. But they're also raising the next generation of children who aren't going to be scared by it understand what it is, won't be, you know, fooled by the dare issues and can help sort of just normalize this culturally. Because although I talk like it cures everything, I know it doesn't. But the problem is when I meet these women, it's always out of desperation that they find cannabis mm -hmm. and it has to stop being out of desperation. It has to be just something that's part of our opportunities to heal ourselves. I also think too, that if you have the ability to, I mean, I understand people need to make money, but if you have the ability to, sponsor somebody you know if you're if you're someone that, that knows how to make like I'm a, I'm a diy grower and so i make all my own stuff all my own edibles you know the tinctures everything else and even the rick simpson oil now if you are somebody like like me myself we should be sponsoring at least one person who has cancer you know what oh. i mean with product 
you know, if they can't get to it or even, you know, sometimes in, in the, uh, the dispensaries, it's not very readily available sometimes. Well, and, you know, it's, again, this is a, it, it's, it is health and wellness, I think, across the board for everyone. But we talk about it like it's divided in two between adult use, recreational and medicinal. I think that's a problem in the way we talk about it. But the idea that this isn't accessible to everybody who needs it for whatever, a cancer patient, epilepsy, anxiety, a lot of senior centers, a lot of seniors do want to try this, but it's not covered by Medicare. And they're gonna, it's expensive. They're not going to put up that much money for this medication when they can get their pills for free. You know, this is a lot of changes in how we culturally think about this plant medicine. And again, having the next generation of women talking about this, normalizing it, trying to create this culture where it isn't, people aren't afraid of it and moving forward and the policies have to be changed. And again, this is the middle of like progressives and conservatives. Everyone gets sick and everyone can benefit from cannabis and hemp products. And we should some way, this should be able to bring us to, this should be something that we can agree on and kind of access this economy because it's so big. It covers so much. So what I think, I think that we should be working on more models that, help folks, you know, the homeless and the, you know, as an alternative to incarceration, but also coming out of incarceration back into society, we should have them growing food, have them growing hemp. They should, that should be a part of your reentry is you need to go and work and learn how to be self-sustainable for yourself. Because as somebody who was so, myself, was detached from where my food came from, that when all? yeah and and but when i started growing my own food which you know was two years ago but really got heavily into it last year and am like how can i how can i like make you feel how it made me feel like the confidence that i got from that like oh oh like i can survive you know what I mean? And, and, you took, and, and you took care, and you took care, again, I've been reading more books from Native American authors talking about how they understand this land that we live on, which is not my mentality. Mm-hmm. I just read a great one called Braiding Sweetgrass. And just this idea of like how you, the earth wants us to care for her, you know, and that is part of growing your own food. And that is part of growing hemp. And that is part of growing cannabis is caring for the earth and she will care for us. I do not grow anything. I talk about this all the time. <laughs> my husband does all the gardening, but I did grow my own plants this year. I grew three little plants. One was a male, two were females. And I got that sense of mm-hmm. like taking, like having children, like I have children, but taking care of this plant and watching her grow and being so proud of her and her little buds, which are nothing, but just that connectedness really, I know how powerful it is. And I'm not, if I can grow cannabis, anyone can. Mm-hmm. And I understand the power of being connected to the plant that way now, because that is what a lot of my guests kept telling me. You have to have a connection to her. You have to see how she grows and all that. So I did it this year. <laughs> Good for you. And and you're Thank absolutely you. <laughs> right. And congratulations, because that's what it takes. Because the next time now, you know what you like, okay, now I have an idea of like what this even is and what, I, what I even want, because you get into like when you start you just like okay can i do it that's first yeah, of all <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. Well, can, I, can i keep it alive and i did do half indoor half outdoor my neighbors could see my little plants outside of the side of my house and again i didn't even know how the bud grew i mean that's the truth of it like you know you got it i got it in a bag you know i got it from the container i didn't mm-hmm. know what it grew like i didn't know it was pretty i didn't even understand the terpenes and the just the colors on the top and it's a beautiful plant she's a beautiful plant yeah, I, 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 and once you get bit by that bug, 
Like for some reason, I got bit by it a long time ago when I was a kid. Like I even had my mom. I there was the marijuana thing on a report, you know, a list of topics that you can cover on a report for my science class. And I'm like, oh, marijuana. See, see, it says it right there. And, and I'm going to grow some. And so I grew some in the closet and I told her it was for, for school and she's just helping me. You know what I mean? But that that's like how long ago it goes back to like I just had this like thing with this this damn plant. You have a connection. I don't know. I mean, I think people come out the way they come out. I've raised two humans. One just turned 21. One just turned 24. And, you know, it's a lot taking care of someone else or something else. And my children had their own. You know, my son's a musician. He came out and he wanted to be a musician at two. I did not crush the dream. And now he's a professional musician in Nashville. So, you know, this Sweet. idea that people come out the way they come out. And uh, hopefully we can care for them. And, again, as coming back to the mom story, I mean, I was not a cannabis consumer when they were younger. I probably would have been a much nicer mother. <laughs> I was also a family <laughs> law attorney. So I was sort of angry a lot of the days. I mean, this is not even a joke. It's just that's how I spent my day fighting for other people. And I could talk about going to the liquor store. Like I could literally yell across my office, I'm stopping at the packy on the way home. Anybody want anything? Uh-huh. And it would be totally fine. <laughs> but if I went out into the, you know, smoked a joint before I picked my kids up at daycare, I would have arrested me. Anyway, so this is like idea that I it was so abnormal, but I was allowed to drink, which isn't good to be around your kids when you're drinking. Mm-hmm. And that I could have consumed cannabis and been sort of that person who's very present, which is what I tell young moms now. I'm like, you're not going to forget them. You're going to think they're more interesting. <laughs> Dude, you know how often I watch my little five-year-old daughter just, yeah. in, like, just in like amazement. Like, yeah. you're you're part of me like like this is just so trippy to watch you and like you interact with the world and like some of the things you're doing i know you're doing for the first time and i'm sitting here just like damn i created that and you're with her again all kids want i think all anyone wants is for you to be in their world for a while and when you're a really busy parent and you're trying to you know you're running off to daycare and you're running off to this and you're trying to make dinner and you're doing homework and you're not focusing on them because you're trying to get all the things done cannabis can help you and it's always that moment like i remember that moment of coming home that transition moment i just needed to calm down and it's such a hard thing to do to go from like being a professional in a certain mode to taking care of little kids and i know that cannabis can help you with that moment the transitional moment to bring you into your body and be focused and present for your family which is what we're talking about which is why i want to talk about crushing the shame because so many women have been hiding in the closet or in the garage and spraying themselves with perfume and hoping no one notices, which can't actually help with the whole process you really want to go through, which is calming yourself down and becoming present. So we talk a lot about like how you normalize it, how your kids see you doing whatever you're doing. And they're not, a, they're not as intrigued when you're being honest and open. If you're hiding, they're curious, but if they know it's mommy's medicine or if they know it's daddy's medicine, they will probably tell you because they can, they can they're with you all the time they know when you're getting anxious and they can say you might you know like we say to them they could say to you i think you need a break or maybe you need some medicine or it's not abnormal for them and they don't want to try it they don't want to eat it they don't want to do stuff that adults are doing Mm -hmm. but they can just be engaged with this world and see that it exists and it's normalized and then when they get older and you have that teenage conversation obviously it's a different conversation and then like my kids during the pandemic were in college and we consumed together. That was like made the pandemic so much nicer. <laughs> I've I've done that as well. I have a 22 year old, and the first time. So here here's a story. So the first time we met, right? Because I through my addiction and everything else, I lost my 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 thing to to parental rights. So I had to give them up. 
And so I made my way back around finally at some point and we ended up meeting each other and it was really, really weird. And so I was just like, you know what, let's just, it wasn't weird, but it was just like, it was, just, it was just like awkward. So I was like, you know what, let's go to the dispensary. We're in Vegas. Dude, there's tons of them here. I've, I haven't been in Vegas in a while. So we went to a dispensary. We rolled a joint. We smoked a joint on the way to her favorite restaurant. And then we just sat. That was it. That's what we needed. We just sat for an hour and a half in front of this restaurant, just passing a joint back and forth and just asking questions and answering questions. <laughs> I literally the magic, I think, to life, asking questions, feeling that you're someone hears you and that you're being heard. And I think that would be the I mean, our, in the whole country, if we just start asking each other questions instead of yelling at each mm-hmm. other. And, you know, sometimes we don't want to hear the answers. But if you ask somebody questions enough. They will like you more. I think that's the podcasting thing I've learned mm-hmm. and that they will think, you know, because if you feel like someone's interested in you, you like them. And it's I kind of break down the barriers. So cannabis should help us talk to each other. It could help us ask each other more questions. And then maybe we wouldn't be so angry all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And my, and my and my little one, my five year old, she she always yeah. goes, Daddy, your your medicine stinks. Yeah. She, she does it like so she smelled it from growing it to it hanging yeah. hanging and drying to you know she's seen the whole process i mean i don't hide anything from her and uh, yeah, yeah she 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 doesn't, she doesn't want to have nothing to do with it she says, that shit stinks i'm 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 out <laughs> again yeah so whatever i think it's i just when people ask me i say it's and again it's honesty we don't know everything i mean every day i'm learning things so there are obviously things i don't know about this plant and transparency and the idea that we're you know, at some point I was learning with my kids because I had this awakening when they were teenagers. So, you know, we're kind of talking about it together. I'd bring home products and, you know, kind of understanding the history to get it, it was a different process for me. But this the idea that they can see that you're vulnerable, too, and maybe you don't know everything, but you're not. I think the whole idea of like just telling them no all the time and they want to make up their own minds is really counterproductive. So this idea that, you know, they see it, it's part of your culture. And, you know, at some point they're going to make up their own minds about what they're going to do. Absolutely. We all do. Right. Yeah. Especially you're, you're really right about that too. When you, for whatever reason, I think we're just hardwired that way that when you tell us, tell us no, you know, as a species, it's just, it sparks more curiosity and, you know, cannabis, that's what, that's why the conversation when you, when you're passing a joint, you know, or you're smoking with somebody or, or whatever it is, bong rips, whatever. It just, it, it slows down everything. And it allows yeah. you, it yeah. yeah, it allows you to just be in the moment. And when you're in the moment, you have to figure out how to how to maintain and be there, right? Because you don't want the awkward. Like, you don't want the awkward. The, the problem with being in the moment is sometimes the moment sucks. But, <laughs> yeah. but you've had to, I listened to a couple of your shows, the psychology people, you know, talking about you know the importance of just. The problem with distraction, we're in a constantly distracted state and yeah. how difficult it is really to be present. And, you know, I think conversation, you know, unless you're on your phone, it's one of these things where you actually have to be present. And I think that's something we're losing a little bit. So maybe cannabis is helping to bring that back. I hope so, because I love it. <laughs> Everything's better with weed. And, you know, I people people I would I would probably get frowned upon in my in my industry. Because it's construction, and you know they're still yeah. they're still drug testing you know apprentices yeah. for for marijuana, and here I am, I'm an advocate and you know a leader in in my in my business or not business but in industry. Right. So I, I don't know, man. I, I again, like, so what I say is like I don't look that good today, but I'm usually like I'm a white lady who 
wear, you know, I play tennis, I wear pearls, I'm a lawyer, I look a certain way out in the world, I act a certain way. And, you know, there's sort of this misconception that, that I am not a cannabis, I'm not who consumes cannabis. But again, it's everybody, this idea that you can, if you're in a certain culture, you're only allowed to drink. And if you're in a different culture, you're allowed to consume cannabis is mm. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and the transparency is really just to show people that everybody, you know, everybody, whatever it is you do, if this plant medicine could be beneficial to you. And specifically seniors, I talk a lot to seniors who like, just like things for their hands, like salves for their hands mm. or just little things that, you know, we spend a lot of time just feeling bad. And we don't have to. And the only choices we're giving are, you know, pharmaceuticals or just feel bad. So this is another choice. Yes, microdosing is another way. I mean, either you, you can microdose THC. I do it all the time. And yep. you have to figure out what your your dosing is, right? It's, it's you got to take a little bit of time with it to do it. But once you find it, once you find your sweet spot, you don't need SSR or those other things anymore, whatever they're called, like Zoloft and all that other stuff, because it yeah. gives you that same sort of, you know, what feeling of well-being is the way I explain it. Yeah. And again, like, you you know, the experience, again, it's very personalized, It's very personalized medicine in an era of personalization. But that requires intentionality, because oftentimes we're just given something and take it and we don't think about it. That's kind of how we've been programmed, I guess. But this is a different way of understanding how our body works and how we can function, you know, body, mind and spirit, how you bring it all together. And but it requires some intentionality to be aware of how you're feeling. And, you know, it's not a it's not a quick fix, but it's something that you can you can create health and wellness, right? You know, without pharmaceuticals, you really can't, you really can people <laughs> again. Dude, the medical industry is practicing medicine. That's what they say. Doctors do. We practice medicine. Okay. Yeah. Well, you can practice your own natural medicine. You know, you can be a practitioner too. All it takes is just, you know, learning a little bit about it and, and, and being brave enough to step outside of that, that zone, right? That safety zone. And it is, I th I find it, I mean, the women I talked to, I don't know if I would have been brave enough to do what they did. Like, I really believed that all those things, I really believed how dangerous it was. Mm -hmm. And the idea mm -hmm. that these women were brave enough, even though they were having messages all around them, how negative it was and how dangerous it was and how bad it was for them. And they shouldn't be doing this, that, but they had consumed and realized internally that the messages they were getting outside were wrong, but they were able to listen to that voice and actually heal themselves and then as people observed them, they could see that they were getting healthier. And that kind of opened that window of conversation when people could see that this person was better. And what is it that's making them better? And, mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's hard to change people's hearts and minds. I think this really is a kind of one conversation at a time, one experience at a time kind of thing. That seems to be how it's working. But people's hearts and minds are changing slowly as they see the ones they love or care for being, you know, feeling better. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And I think that's a perfect note to to end this on. We are at 32 minutes and I would love to say thank you to Joyce and you can catch her at the com. I have it right there and it'll be a direct link in the description of this show. Thing cannabis related, you want to, you know, if you have any, if you're out there listening and, and you have some requests of, of stuff or, or more people, I know a lot of people in this space and I, I, touch on it every now and again and i want to get a little bit more into it as well as uh, psilocybin in my area it's starting to they're 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 starting to map out what that's going to look like 
and how they want to do it. And so I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's a whole different. You can't even you can't do it the same way that you do cannabis. And I, the, I'm in some conversations about that. Yes, psychedelics are the next, especially like you know we're getting older. I'm a middle aged lady. I, a lot of people are talking about this end of life issues and mm-hmm. how do we use these psychedelics for healing, but also at end of life instead of what we basically medicate people to death in this country. This is sort of how we, you know, my mother just passed in January. It was not the best experience, and which got me sort of thinking about this. How do you expand? your set your your mind as opposed oh, to like interesting. Out. and there are organizations out there the company an organization called end well i've been meeting death doulas i mean it's a little bit morbid but i just feel like this psychedelics are actually going to be used as medicinal for veterans and people sooner than they're going to get access to cannabis mostly because of an organization called maps mm-hmm. um great organization around here and rick doblin so rick so i have a rick so rick doblin founded maps it was his really vision. He's been doing this for 50 years or something. He's he's a member of my temple in Belmont, but his sister is married to my cousin. So Sweet. I've actually met him. And back when he was at Harvard University, back in the day, he had a dinner at our house. And I remember him, I was a teenager, talking about marijuana with my dad, who was, I think they were getting into a fight about it. And I was like, <laughs> this crazy person. Why did they invite him to our house? But he's like, you know, not the kingpin he hates that but this idea that he he had a vision of how this could be used medicinally for his patients and he stayed on that path and now here we are and it's you know it's an interesting world that's opening up it is it is it's it's fascinating the and another thing you know just like cannabis there's tons of stories out there of successful things that can't be explained you know what i mean it's like okay well then what was it so, yeah, lots to lots to come in the in these spaces, man. It's an exciting time for psychedelics and and uh, cannabis. Still, I, th- we could talk so much more. I... We'll keep them engaged. Well, listen, keep listening, and we have lots of stories on the Cannabis Show. We have over 130 episodes out now, and we are a sponsored podcast. So, if you're interested in connecting with my audience of Canna Curious Women and I have a lot of business professionals who are listening now and supporting, love to hear from you. And you can find everything at thecannamomshow.com. Awesome. Thanks, Joyce. (laughs) I appreciate it. And hang out. I'm going to talk to you a little bit after this. So thank you again, Joyce. Until next time. And for you guys, thank you for listening. And as always, feel free to stop by my link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash nowhere to go but up. For those of you that are listening and not watching on a video. And uh, yeah, that's the best place for now. Until next time. Keep it 100. Stay true to yourself. Everything else is just noise. You've been listening to the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. Sean is a single dad, a union blue collar guy, and he spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. When he was released from prison in 2006, all he had was the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and some paperwork. Since then, he's turned his life around and shares the struggles and successes on this podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope you were moved to connect to the show. Book a guest spot. For merch, Patreon, PayPal, and social media links, go to linktr.ee slash nowhere to go but up. On Instagram at nowhere to go but up now. On Twitter at but up now. On the YouTube channel at nowhere to go but up podcast. See you next time.